Hi, I'm Katie in the Cracked. And I'm Faith in the Cracked. And, and we, we are the Cracked. And we're excited, we're excited for season two. It's been so long it feels awkward again. It does feel a little <laughs> awkward again. Uh, we, took, we took a temporary seasonal pause because, uh, well, we're calling it a seasonal pause because. Life. Uh, well, you know, the stomach apocalypse. The vomit apocalypse? Yeah, I couldn't mm-hmm. remember what it was. Yeah. And then um, Chris took a vacation and was on first shift for, for a week. And so, like, we just kind of spent time together. So, yeah. So, anyways, so we're back. We're here. We're ready. We're ready to go. And <laughs> I'm also a little stopped up, so I sound weird. Yeah. That was the singing. It was the um, stopped up. Oh, no. Sailor is awake and looking around for me. Oh, dear heavens. Oh, no. Okay. That was, we're back now. She laid back down, so yeah. we'll see. Crisis averted. Potentially. Potentially, but uh, we've all we're all a little bit congested, so the kids are having a little bit harder time sleeping. Yeah, and just being, you know, clingy and all the things kids extra are. kids, mm-hmm. extra kids. Yeah, but anyways, we're gonna do this season, not this season, this episode <laughs> about postpartum depression. This um, one's gonna be a serious one. Yep, and I'm gonna let Katie take it away. Why are you letting me take it away? You have postpartum too. Yeah, but you know how to start it. I don't. This we're is your it. idea. Okay, we're winging it. We've both talked about doing this. Yeah, but this one was your idea. Yeah, it yeah. was your idea to do it this time. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I don't even All right, so, have my notebook or anything. I know. I'm, I'm literally winging it. You're literally winging it. Mm-hmm, okay. Yeah. Um, well, that was the chair. Um, so, um, I guess we'll tell you all a little bit about our postpartum postpartum journeys um so okay guys anyways the panic and i paused again so i didn't understand anything that you just said there's no way they did all right i'll try that again anyways guys hold on <laughs> <laughs> we're not doing good for our first one back <laughs> anyways guys um I just randomly paused it, and uh, I decided that I wasn't ready to talk about my postpartum yet. Um, but Katie's going to talk about hers. Yeah, which is fun and cool. Um, yeah, so I had postpartum after um, my daughter, Sailor, who is now four. Um, it wasn't that bad. Like, on a scale of, like, one to ten, it was, like, probably, what did I say the other day? I don't know. Like a four. Yeah. Yeah, like a four. Um, I mean, it was definitely postpartum, and I mean, I was diagnosed, but the way that I handled it was I was already going to therapy for the loss of my son, so, like, it just, I, like, I, I was able to go to therapy and fall back into the routine of that, and, uh, and my therapist helped me tremendously, so that's how I got through it, but I also, um, when she was, like, uh, two, three weeks old, found out that my ex-husband was um, in the process of having and trying to have yeah. an affair with a co-worker. Um, so that definitely sent me down downward spiral too. So it was like the postpartum just added to the already like hard time. But um, I made it through it with, with counseling and it was fine. I definitely 
did not bond with her immediately. Um, and I know a lot of moms, if they don't have that bonding experience, think that something is wrong. And it's definitely not. With my oldest, Nevaeh bonded with her immediate. They laid her on me and it was that magical moment that everyone always talks about. Same with my son. When he is born, um, magical moment, bonded immediately. But with Sailor, I did not. It took a few months for me to develop that bond. And I think it definitely had to do with the postpartum and everything I was going through within my marriage. It, it just put, you know, like a, a delay on it, I guess. Yeah. Um, but uh, I did grow that bond with her. And now I'm just as bonded with her as I am my other two. Um, but uh, yeah, it doesn't mean that something's wrong or... And that you're a bad mom or anything like that because of course I have those feelings yeah and let me say the reason we wanted to have the postpartum podcast like this one be about postpartum was because um one everything I don't remember her name the lady that um just recently oh, killed her children. Lindsay Clancy Clancy yeah about mm -hmm. her um yeah facing, she sparked it in my mind yeah and facing charges and then for um we just recently had a friend who um we believe has postpartum and um really just realizing that there aren't many like resources to help mm -mm. even even the ones that do help they're not helpful enough no. like just giving us a uh, six question questionnaire at the pediatrician at, at the pediatrician it's not enough it's not because enough. i lied uh, yeah a lot on yeah it. i did too I said I was fine. Mm -hmm. I mean, just because you have postpartum doesn't mean you can't lie. Yeah. And be ashamed of the way that you feel. And it doesn't mean that you can't hide it. Because yeah. We you hit definitely it well. Can. We mm -hmm. hit it well. Yeah. And um, so with Sailor, I had it like a four. But then with Link, my two-year-old, I had it a 20 out of 10. Like, um, it was really bad. I went into psychosis hearing the voices, um, which is, that part's kind of hard for me to talk about because it does make me feel like certified crazy, but yeah. I know I'm not because it wasn't, it wasn't me. Like I know postpartum alters your brain in ways that if you've never had it or if you're a man and you never will have it, that you just don't understand. You just, just won't like. You just won't get it until yeah, you have until it. You, yeah, until you experience it. Um, And I hope you never do if you have it. Yeah, I hope no one ever experiences yeah, it because um like i said i'm not really comfortable talking about mine right now um because uh it was pretty bad mm -hmm. um it was it was on the rougher side yeah definitely um and uh yeah when i say mine's a 20 years was a 40 <laughs> it was it was it was not a good time yeah um but uh it's just like you feel even if you have 100 people surrounding you if you know not one single person has went through that, then you're alone. You're alone. Like you mm -hmm. don't feel like anyone truly is there, no matter how many people are actually there. Yeah. Because like you feel crazy. Mm -hmm. You feel insane to think that you hear voices or you feel the urge to do this or you feel the urge to do that. Mm -hmm. Um it's just you your your spouse can be there your parents can be there your in-laws can be there your best friends your your family and but if they don't understand you're still alone you're alone yeah well just like i mean i had my ex-husband at the time and i mean he was supportive through it 
as best as he could be, but he didn't help me at all. No matter what he did, he didn't help me because he didn't understand. And uh, that was at one point when we were starting to pull away from each other. So I also think that like, it was one of the first signs of our impending divorce. And I just didn't Dude. read it that way. Yeah. I just <laughs> didn't read it that way. Um, or celebration, you know, not, yeah. it's not doomed now. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, I mean, I had him and I didn't want him yeah. and I cling to faith because faith had been through it and she understood. So when I said, I need these voices in my head to stop, I need them to shut the hell up. She looked at me with complete understanding. Whereas my ex-husband looked at me with like fear, almost. fear of like, Oh my God, she's fucking lost it yeah because and that's not the way you want to be looked at and and honestly i don't even blame him no it's not his fault like i don't blame people who don't understand because good for them yeah like good for them i didn't understand before i had postpartum myself bad i didn't even understand a lot of the things even after the postpartum with sailor because it wasn't as bad so it was like i get it a little bit but you know yeah i mean you I would say you lose a piece of yourself that Mm -hmm. you never regain yeah like yes it gets better with with help Mm -hmm. of course um but you you lose a part of yourself Mm -hmm. in that in that moment in those days months years that it takes you to recover that you can never grow back like i've lost you can ask my sisters, like, they'll they'll be like, you don't remember that happening? I'm like, no, I don't. Yeah. I don't have memories and, like, reactions and thoughts. Like, my whole person changed. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. over, over something that people consider to be just a depression and then they move past it. Mm-hmm. I feel like my postpartum with Link changed me just as dramatically as the loss of place did. Yeah. I mean, I really do. In different ways, but it changed yeah. me that dramatically. I could see that because mm-hmm. I know my postpartum def- changed my whole person. Yeah. My, my whole person is different now yeah. than it used to be. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, just the thoughts and just, you. I mean, even if you tell yourself it's not you, it's in the moment it is you know what yeah, i mean like and it's in the, the fear of, mm-hmm. of going back there mm-hmm. and like even like the thought of having another child and possibly going back to that dark place mm-hmm. or something negative or or terrible traumatically happening in your life and the fear of going back to that dark place is so horrifying that oh no Sailor is awake and out of the room. All right. Sailor is now in the bedroom watching videos because she got really scared when she couldn't find me. Um, And it breaks my heart. So now she's just chilling while we finish this podcast. Yeah, we have a separate part of, like, we have a half of our garage is enclosed. This is not important, but you're going to hear about it. Half of our (laughs) garage is enclosed. And where it's kind of like the office game ish it's we a, call it chris's room but yeah, it's, it's chris and Nate's room yeah and uh this is where we do our podcast with us at the work obviously mm-hmm. and um sailor we're never in here yeah so sailor had no idea where katie was so she was terrified yeah um <laughs> i can see the fear in her eyes and that mom guilt sets in so i was like yeah. okay you can yeah. chill yeah um i get it because like honestly even aries knowing that we could be in here would mm-hmm. still be like 
where is everybody? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, but, so yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know how to spell postpartum. How do you spell it? You spell it right. That it's with a with a, it's with a dumb. We're gonna have to Google that after this. Yeah, we're gonna have to check. We're stupid. Um, but uh, yeah. Anyways, what Faith had said about the fear of going back to that place was definitely one of my main factors in deciding to get my tubes removed after Link is because I wouldn't have made it through another um pregnancy, another postpartum, another breastfeeding journey. I wouldn't. I did. I couldn't do it. I didn't want to do it. I had no need to do it. Um, and if I would have, I went on birth control, which I was so against because it messes with my body so much, but I would rather the birth control than an unplanned pregnancy. Because if you know me, what I'm about to say is very shocking and was shocking to myself too. But if I would have ended up pregnant, I don't know if I would have kept it. Um, and I don't mean adoption. So I don't, I couldn't have done it. I guys, could not have guys, done it. She means abortion. Well, yeah, it's just hard to say <laughs> about myself. Like anyone yeah, else, you it. know, do what you got to do. But thinking about it myself, it would have been the lesser of two evils. I couldn't yeah. have done it again, especially in the middle of postpartum, as bad as it was anyways. And, you know, I made it through Link's postpartum being medicated. I didn't go to counseling. I started taking Zoloft that I still take to this day. And he's over two. Um, and I'm probably not going to stop it anytime soon. Cause it helps me with, you know, not even just anxiety and depression, but, but yeah, I, uh, I couldn't have done it again. And now my tubes are gone and I am still, I have my tubes removed. Uh, Seven, eight months, nine months ago. Nine months ago. Um, and so far, no regrets at all. And I don't think I ever will. Um, if I decided I wanted to carry another baby bad enough, I'll pay for IVF. And that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So, and even if I, you know, decide to foster one day, like I've always dreamed of, um, I don't have to carry it. And I know there's a lot of things that come with it emotionally, but postpartum chemicals is not one of those. Um, they so I don't that. Oh, my bad. Um, oh, crap. <laughs> she just punched the mic. She's but, like, yeah. I bet they can hear this. Uh-huh. But, uh, but yeah, the fear of going back to that place was too much. And I am very happy with the three that I have here. Um, of course, I'd give anything for um, my oldest son to be here, but he's not. And I'm just, I'm happy with the three that I have. Yeah. And I'm done. Done. Yeah. Well, that's like earlier I was saying um, <clears throat> that, so when I had Aries, um, after I had Aries, if I would have made, if I would have had insurance, August would not be here. I would have decided mm-hmm. right then I did not want any more children because it took me three years to get out of my postpartum with Aries. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I was, I decided that I did want another kid and um i really wanted aries to have a sibling um well then i had fertility issues um and it took us a while we had to go on fertility drugs and then i had august and after i had august i was sitting in the recliner holding him when he was like four months old 
And I looked at Chris and I was just like, I think I'm done. And of course he was confused as hell. He was like, oh my God, what is she talking about? And <laughs> She's about like, to lose it and kill us all. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, no, I think I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm done. I don't want any more kids after August. And he gave me some time to think more about it. And I thought more about it for a couple of days. And I just knew I was, we were done. Like I was happy with the four of us. I was happy with Aries in August. I knew I did not want any more kids and there is not a day since I've made that decision that I've regretted or thought differently of it. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I don't think I, I wouldn't, I, I would not survive another postpartum like I did with Aries. Yeah. Um, luckily I got the help that I needed earlier with August and, um, you know, had the support system and, did all the things all the things that you should do appropriately mm -hmm. that you should do um immediately when you start feeling any type of way with august so it was not bad but i also don't think even if i wouldn't have had the help it wouldn't have been as bad with august because august was planned whereas aries was not um so i mean a lot of things were different a lot of things were different but i just there's if there would have been even the slightest bit of outside help, because once I lost insurance with Aries, there was literally nothing I could do. Mm -hmm. Like I had people, but those people didn't understand. understand. And even if they did understand, I wouldn't open up to them for them to understand. So I can't even blame them. Like yeah. it's not even their fault. I didn't open up. I didn't say what was going on because it was embarrassing. Mm -hmm. Like it's embarrassing yeah. to admit that you are not okay. Yeah. Um. So, and even if it's not embarrassing, like a lot of people, it's hard. Like they don't, they don't want to ask for help. And a lot of women and moms are just frowned upon if they're not with their baby 24 seven. Or, or like, how are you not happy? Look at this beautiful, healthy baby. And it yeah. has nothing to do with that. Has it has nothing. nothing to do with how beautiful, how healthy, how much it was wanted, how much it wasn't. It has nothing to do with it. Yeah, it's just, like, it's it's something, it's a chemical in our brains that, I, I mean, I don't even know the, the medical terms. All yeah. I know is it feels, it literally it feels fucks like. You up. <laughs> yeah, it literally feels like you are not you. Like, things mm -hmm. that you would never have thought of doing, never have done, never have acted on. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, you're thinking about it, and you're doing it, and you're like, you don't even realize that it's wrong. Yeah. Like, because you're not you. Well, the, the two things that, with Link, that made me finally reach out to my OBGYN and be like, I need to come in. I need medicine immediately. Um, one of the instances was, um, Link was four, about four months old and he had just started sleeping in his room and he was asleep. And then the girls slept in their room and Sailor was going through a rebellion stage of not wanting to go to sleep. And she was in a, a big girl bed. So she was getting up and down and it was the transition of her into a big girl bed and then transition of Link into his room. And it was just a lot. And Sailor would not stop crying and screaming and, um, freaking out on me and she would throw a tantrum and this one particular night she would not go to sleep and I had to shut my bedroom door and lock her out lock her in the veil on the other side of it um and I had to call Gerald or my ex-husband um at work and I had to say you need to come home because if I open this door 
I'm going to hurt her. And I was. Yeah. I needed her to stop crying no matter what the hell I had to do. Yeah. And I knew that. I knew that if I opened that door and I tried anything else that I was going to snap. Um, and so I just sat on the other side of that door or on the wall beside the door. And I just sat there and cried as her and Nevaeh cried and screamed on the other side of the door, not understanding what was going on. But literally by doing that, I saved her life. Yeah. Because Gerald got off work. He came home immediately. He 100% took me serious. He was home so quick and he got her and he got her to bed. And then he laid with me while I cried for probably the next three hours. Yeah. Over the fact that I was, I know I was going to snap. Um, and that was a huge wake up call because of course, none of that was Sailor's fault. Um, and then also one night the voices in my head just were the loudest they had been. And the voices would tell me like that my ex-husband deserved better and that I was worthless and that someone else could raise my kids better than I was. And they would have done it differently. And just all of these negative things like negative self-talk, but other people telling me these things yeah. in my head. Um, and it just got too loud and I just sat in the tub and I, why I felt the need to get in the tub. I don't know, but I did. It's and, your comfort spot. Yeah, it, I had a huge, really nice tub at the house that we owned. And uh, I just got in it and all the kids were asleep. And it was just me and my ex-husband. And I just screamed and cried. And I remember rocking back and forth because if I got too still, it got too loud. And I had to rock back and forth. And Gerald had to call. I told Gerald flat out, I'm like, you're not helping me. I need faith. And he called Faith and she came over and because I was losing it, like yeah. I was losing it. And she came over and she was able to talk me down. And the next day I called my doctor. Yeah. I remember getting the phone call and, um, August was August and Aries were already asleep. Me and Chris were just in the bedroom and I get a phone call, not thinking anything of it. And it's her number, but then Gerald, voice it mm -hmm. was gerald's voice mm -hmm. and that's just huge like that sends that's all not of normal my, it's not normal so it sends all of my anxiety mm -hmm. it, it sends spongebob looking for the files where everything's on fire yes yes and <laughs> i'm like what's wrong and he's like i don't know katie needs needs to talk to you and i'm yeah. like okay and he hands her the phone and she's just telling me about these voices and I just immediately knew, like, a phone conversation was not enough. I told mm -hmm. Chris, I was like, Katie needs me to come over. Are you good with the boys? And he was like, absolutely. He's like, is she okay? Are the kids okay? And, of course, I was like, she's not okay. Yeah. She's not okay. The kids are okay. Gerald's okay. Or her ex-husband. But. <laughs> I think they've gathered. Yeah. But. um and telling stories like this, it's kind of hard not to say yeah, his name. I was like, everybody's okay, but Katie's not. She's mm -hmm. not okay. So, I went over there and. I think you had gotten out of the tub by then. Yeah, I had already gotten out of yeah, the tub. And she was Gerald sitting... made me get out of the tub. Yeah. Because at that point, I was starting to talk about cutting myself to relieve the pain. Yeah, and so then she was sitting in the recliner in their bedroom. And I just sat in front of her while she was telling me all of these things. And I pretty much didn't say hardly anything. I just let mm -hmm. her talk. And then... I just knew you understood. Yeah. And then after, like, afterwards, I told her, you know, the voices aren't going to go away. You're going to need to go to the doctor. Mm -hmm. And um, you tried to explain to to Gerald as best as you could what yeah. I couldn't. Because I, I couldn't. I didn't want to talk to him. Yeah. I didn't care if he understood. I, like, he wasn't my comfort. He just yeah. wasn't. And honestly, I don't... 
I blame him for a lot of a lot of things, but I yeah. don't blame him for that because mm-hmm. because it's it's hard to be somebody's comfort in a time like that when, yeah. especially when he had always been her comfort, mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden he's being told you're not helping me at all. Yeah, and like I mean, I'm sure that was hard for him too on the other side of it. Like I'm always yeah. able to help, so why can't I help? You know, and like and I get that, but and I do commend him for being for calling me. And getting her the comfort that she needs because yeah, a lot of men for would, putting his feelings aside. Well, not mm-hmm. even men, but a lot of partners, a lot of people mm-hmm. would be like, "No, I'm here. I'm right here." Mm-hmm. And, and he just knew he couldn't. He couldn't help. Yeah, and there was honestly there was nothing I could do either. I just knew what she was going through. Mm-hmm. I just and felt, that meant the world. Yeah, I just felt the same thing. I had heard the voices, you know. I all all of the things that she was saying I had already been through and like I wouldn't even say I'd move past them but I'd learn to live with them mm-hmm. so like it was it, it's just a comfort to know that there are other people out there I think mm-hmm. that's why we're doing this podcast is yeah. because you're not a, crazy you're not crazy you're you're not alone there's mm-hmm. so many other people out here that's going through this and no matter what it is even if you don't have the voices even if you're not in the psychosis you're just sad you just look at your baby and you're just not happy and Mm -hmm. you feel guilt because you know that this is the most precious thing in the world but you don't feel happy you don't feel any of that yeah you feel you feel dead you Mm -hmm. feel like a zombie you feel like everything around you is a haze autopilot you're yeah you're on autopilot like know that you're not alone and Mm -hmm. like Anybody who needs help, needs to reach out, needs a friend, needs somebody to talk to, like, we're here. We're here. Mm-hmm. And um, even if you don't want to, like, there are other people. Mm-hmm. Like, there are other people you can talk to. Get help. Mm-hmm. There's counseling. There is Medicaid. If you don't want to talk to someone, there's medication. If you don't want medication, you know, talk to someone. Yeah. Like, but like, you, you have to get help. Yeah, because it doesn't go away. I yeah. love three years of it. and. I don't know how it went away, but, but it did after three years, Mm -hmm. I lost three years of my life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like that's not a small step. No. So like you don't, don't wait. The minute you start feeling sad, the minute you start feeling like this is wrong. If you question yourself and you're like, I wonder if this is depression or postpartum. If you have to question it, it's postpartum. Yeah, and you could also have postpartum anxiety too. Yeah. mm -hmm. Like, what if you're not sad but you feel this overwhelming my baby's gonna die. Yeah, or or I can't leave him or her because something bad will happen. Mm -hmm. Like, those thoughts are normal, but they're not you can't let it consume you gotta yeah, get help you've gotta get help like with sailor i had i definitely did have postpartum anxiety too because i had the biggest i like i would tell my ex all the time i just don't feel like she's here to stay like i feel yeah. like she's gonna die and of course she is here to stay and nothing's gonna happen now but i had that that frame of mind that like i didn't deserve her and you know stuff like that it just was never as intense as it was like yeah and i won't get too much in depth with it but like because of how severe my postpartum depression was with aries i've had postpartum anxiety with august and i felt like 
something bad was going to happen in August as consequences of my postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't, I didn't have postpartum depression with August, but I did have postpartum anxiety, and it was severe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was all consuming. It was up at night, couldn't sleep, had to watch him. Is he breathing? Mm-hmm. Is is something bad happening? Like I even had the psychosis with the postpartum anxiety because I felt like I felt like I it, it wasn't real. Like he mm-hmm. would be taking a bath and I'm like, I see him, I know he's okay. But what if he just drowned? But I didn't see it happen. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. those thoughts mm-hmm. were happening in my head, like all the time. Yeah, and that's postpartum anxiety. Mm-hmm. And you can get medicine for that, and you can get help for that. You don't have to. You don't have to bear it alone. It. Yeah, you, you don't have to bear it alone. Like mm-hmm. there are people out there that can help you if you don't feel comfortable reaching out to friends or family. Reach out to a, a doctor if you don't feel comfortable with a doctor, a therapist. A random person. Yeah. Just reach out. Just reach out and ask for help. So, I think that's just what we wanted to get across. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. To be on the heavier side of the podcast. Yeah, maybe we'll try to do a good, like a funny one for episode two for season two. <laughs> yeah, I'm a pretty funny person, though, so <laughs> it won't be that We're hard. Not, they can't see you. They don't see that you're funny looking. Well, they also didn't see me roll my eyes, but it still happened. (laughs) (laughs) True, true. All right, guys. All right, I'm going to go get Sailor to bed now. Mm -hmm, Yeah. I'm going to go get our Instacart off the front porch. Oh, it's here? Yeah. You're Katie in the Crack? I am Katie in the Crack. And I'm Faith in the Crack. And see you next time. Not see you, listen to you. No, we don't listen to you. They listen to us. They listen to us. Y'all listen to us. Goodbye. (laughs) Bye-bye. The mouse isn't working. Got it.